And with that, a very good morning to you. Happy Saturday. Yes, we're back on Saturdays again after a rare <laughs> Monday night appearance. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, we are the Northland Sports Page. Hello, Dave Cook. Happy Saturday. Back to normal, we think. How about that Saturday? I mean, this is almost weird because haven't we been like two out of three uh, not on Saturday? Yeah, we've been so. meatloafing it lately in the Saturday department. Right. Let's try to keep that to a minimum now. It's, it's much easier to have the normal you know, steps of the week. It is because we're used to it, but I'm not going to lie. I kind of enjoyed Monday night from what we heard sound like listeners did too. Yeah, and we were a little worried about that because, you know, if we take over Saturday mornings, people are used to that. If we take over Monday nights, now all of a sudden, you know, people are missing a certain broadcaster who they kind of like. Right. It would be timing is everything because Mr. Barrero had some good Bud Grant stories. We kind of cut one off on Monday night, but the Bulldogs have been so good. Local sports in general has been so good. The time was good for them. And busy, 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 busy. You know, we're going to talk to Jesse here uh, in a little bit. And and it is, uh, I mean, UMD is just crazy right now with different sports and hosting the Natty here. And I was going to say, let's talk wow. about that. Because coming back into the studio on Saturday may have been different for us. Because as you said, we haven't done it in a while. But we were greeted by Frozen 4 logos aplenty. Kudos to Troy Olson and company who made that happen. But Everything around Duluth for the women's Frozen Four looks pretty good. Yeah, it really does. You know, except if you're a Gopher fan, it don't look so good. But um, it there. But this is Am- Duluth. I keep reminding you, there aren't many up here. Amsoil and and the city host stuff so well. I mean, kudos to Jeff Stark, right? That the Amsoil Arena does things like this as well as any arena in the country, I think. And the city, the city also does a really good job for for things like this. And so I'm really glad they're here. I'm really glad we're having a successful event. Hopefully they come back again. And I'm really glad that you use the word glad because I keep trying to change March Madness into March Gladness because I know that March Madness is the term for the big dance, the tournament. We'll talk about that to close the show. You were examining your bracket right away when we walked in today. So that'll get plenty of time. But everything else makes me very glad. And I have a column coming out on NorthlandFan.com about that on Monday but prep basketball is in full swing for state championships, what have you. You know, high school sports have been great throughout the year. It's kind of their swan song at this point. College hockey, we mentioned the women's Frozen Four because it's here. The men's tournament will be here soon. Football offseason, we're going to talk to PA today. It's great to get him back, but I usually don't think of getting him back in mid to late March. But right. again, football knows no offseason or does it because the offseason is grabbing headlines. This is a time of year in sports, and I've said it for two and a half weeks now, otherwise known as March, that I'm just glad about everything that's on the calendar. Right, unless you're a Mets fan, then you we have to right. talk about a certain closer. Well, and when you have to hard. say goodbye to players, whether it be for injury or for departure, it's a little tough. And yeah, Edwin Diaz being gone is not going to be easy for Mets fans, and, and quite frankly, Timmy Trumpet fans either. <laughs> yeah, and, and we know one that we'll talk to here in a, in a little bit, right? Absolutely. He's one of our illustrious sponsors. We'll hear from him closer to about 1125. Right now it's five minutes past 10, but we want to acknowledge all of our sponsors. Absolutely. We'll start with the big one, Arola Architecture Studio, the the sponsor that kept us alive during the time we weren't alive. Hoops Brewing, OAR Holding, Sammy's Pizza, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May at Messina and Associates, Avenue 45, The Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, and Famous Dave's. Absolutely grateful to have each of those sponsors. We appreciate the efforts that allow us to bring sports efforts every Saturday. But we say every Saturday tongue-in-cheek because we just mentioned how different the days recently have been. And it made kind of a funny moment for us Monday night after the show ended. 
because we got the podcast done. So if you missed it, check it out, northlandfan.com. But we got it done and we came to my house. He dropped me off. And it was probably the first time that I've ever said to you, Dave, if I don't see you for a few days, that's cool. Yeah, because right. we'd, we'd been together at the state tournament Thursday night into Friday into Saturday, white knuckled at home Saturday, thought we were getting together Sunday, then Mother Nature said, no, you're not, and then got together Monday. So it was a weird goodbye for us, but it was one that was warranted. But today we're going to talk about goodbyes that are more difficult. Yeah, because there's been, you know, you talked about the offseason in the NFL. Well, the offseason in the NFL is kind of a lot of hellos and goodbyes and, and the stupid transfer portal, which we'll talk about in the future sometime, where we seem to say goodbye to a lot of people over time, turning college sports into, my opinion, into even more professional sports just with free agency every minute. Um, so, yeah, we've had a and, – and with Bud, we've had a chance recently to say goodbye to a lot of things. Absolutely. And Bud Grant, obviously a more permanent goodbye. That kind of goes a different level. Yep. You know, before that, the Vikings said goodbye to players that have been around for quite a long time. They kept one, Harrison Smith, that has been around for quite a long time. But Eric Kendricks was a tough goodbye in terms of longevity. Yep. Adam Thielen, in terms of hometown kid, did you know the backstory that he grew up in Detroit Lakes, went to Mankato, et cetera? The, that's the bit. Everybody knows that. But it was the hometown story that we thought would never end. We kind of thought he would be you know, Joe Maurer of the Vikings, the Minnesota kid that went start to finish in purple. And we'll see because nobody's got him at this point, but it was a difficult goodbye. Lindsey Whalen's kind of mysterious goodbye. There've been a lot of tough ones. So we can talk about how it's affected us in sports and we can go sport by sport. We can go level by level. My question is what kind of caveat do you want to put on this? Because, you know, Kirby Puckett ended with a tough injury, right? I think that's just different when you retire it's a goodbye that you're somewhat expecting. Yeah, you know, wild fans enjoy Miko Koivu start to finish here. I don't say that that's not difficult, but is it what we're after? Here? No, I don't think it is. I think we're talking about people then that we see perform after they've left here and how much we miss that, you know? And, and I think though, Brian, the the big one in the, in the room, and it's one day of hoops would agree with is, is Brent Burns. Right, right. It was difficult for everybody but me. Tilford Davis loves that you let off with that one. Right, but I think at the time, you know, we thought we had something. We didn't know what it was. And that's just it. Yep. I think that's why it was easier for me because I thought, okay, because what did we give up? Because Brent Burns was triple the player in San Jose and onward than he was in Minnesota, but that might be the fault of Minnesota for not giving him the proper chance. And can we just get David Ortiz out of the way now? Because I don't want to spend time talking about that. Yeah, and see, I don't see David Ortiz as that. Right. But you know that. Because the timing is a big part of it. Right. Because did you abandon this person when they had good years ahead of them? Maybe. But were they already good for you? Right. That's the difficult part. And and I don't think... And David Ortiz, Ortiz really wasn't. Yeah, I don't And Brett Ortiz Burns was just on the upswing. Yeah, he... Uh, Ortiz wouldn't have become the guy he became here, right? So God bless him. Tip your hat. He went to the right place. He made a career. He was injured here all the time, whatever. Um, but Burns, as you said, was just on the on the upswing, right. and we didn't know how to use him right. And when we saw him go, it was like... <sighs> and I think that's the difficulty of this topic, because I don't think, outside of Caitlin Thielen, that anybody would call Adam Thielen on the upswing. But it's still a difficult goodbye, because he just seemed to be permanently one of us. Yeah, and, and there's been all kinds of guys like that over the over the years, where when they get, when they get to a point and they leave... You know, frankly, uh, for me, Kevin Love was kind of that guy who I thought was going to be here forever. Because I agree they with made... you in terms of talent, but we started calling him knuckle push-ups already. So had he kind of worn out his welcome? I don't think so. I think that we still really loved. 
Uh, ah, I see what you did there. I did. Um, did you see what you did there? No, hundred percent. No. 100%, no. <laughs> um, the uh, the guy himself, but yeah, he maybe have worked himself out of out of town. But I think the goodbye was the goodbye was tough. We did get Andrew Wiggins, and so maybe we thought, hey, you know what? That's a decent trade. But then Wiggins never became Wiggins until he um, hit Golden State. Yeah, as but option four. Maybe there's a guy that we can talk about. Except he would never have been option four here, right? No doubt. Um, and so uh, I think that Kevin loves a little bit like that. See, Rubio got hurt. I think Rubio is one that we stared at at afar, but once he got hurt, he never got that uh, mojo back. Right. And you look at Rubio, and I looked at him as a one-dimensional player. Terrific. Well, I'll say one-dimensional offensive player. Good right. defender, good tremendous defender. passer, but it was five on four in terms of shooting. Yeah, and and the leadership, Bart. We, we can't overlook that for Rubio, but he never became what he could have been because of the injury. So the question is timing because of this, and it's ironic because we just talked about how on Monday night we cut Dan Barrero short, and if you don't factor in the timing, which we're going to, this does become a Dan Barrero segment because it becomes a we-didn't-need-him segment because Dan Barrero loves to point that out. Those aren't necessarily the guys we're going for because some of the guys that took off after leaving Minnesota, we didn't see it coming. It's the ones that were staples here until they weren't. Yeah, and and in a way, uh, Jason Zucker is act, is kind of the guy I, agree. I, I see there. Although I think this station may have helped that because Carly Zucker does so much on these airwaves, and Jason, we felt like we knew him a little bit more. But Jason Zucker was that quickly developing pseudo-superstar that we didn't get to see. He also killed the Gophers. Wow. Like, so knowing Everybody in Duluth then should love him a little more. Right, but knowing what kind of player you were getting from college hockey... I mean, it's always been a little difficult that that we lost that guy. Nick Letty is that way a little bit. I mean, now he's not, you know, he's not the guy he was, but because of what we gave up for him, well, and, and then think, he stayed there. But I think that's different. I think that becomes a terrible transaction. Nobody went, oh my gosh, we don't have Nick Letty. What is this state going to do? I know he was one of us, so it's a little more difficult, but we didn't go, man, we just got rid of one of the best. No, I don't, but I agree with you. But I think looking at it now, um, a long-term NHL solid number two, you know, first pair at the beginning, second pair, third pair now. But, I mean, we gave up a lot. The, here's a question for you. Is Cal Clutterbuck one of those people? Now, we don't hear his name as much. He's still pretty good in New York, right, in in Long Island. I don't think so because the return on him wasn't bad. But, again, I think we're morphing into transactions, good or bad, and that's, that's not necessarily the goal here. What about personal favorites? Because – there are some departures where if you really like the guy, whether you can statistically or not, you take it hard. Because for me, it starts with Michael Kadire. I didn't handle it particularly well. I knew in my heart the Twins weren't going to sign him. And that's kind of what we're going for. It becomes, well, they're good, but they're not really a fit here anymore. And I handled it you know, about as well as anybody could. And I'm being very facetious with that because it's the only Colorado Rockies jersey I own when Michael Kadire went there. Oh, I didn't know you owned the jersey. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's I should get a Mets one, but I definitely thank you, Ted Keefit, got a Colorado one quite promptly. Yeah, no, that's that's actually really cool. I didn't I didn't know that, oh, yeah. you, that you had that. It just sits in a closet. I don't exactly. <laughs> well, you, you've told me how many times, which is ironic today because you're wearing a tremendous jersey, by the way. Yep. But you've told me how many times you're too old to wear a jersey. So I have lots that sit in closets. But see, here's the thing. It's OK if the player's older than you, right? Right. And that so used this, to be my rule, and now it's really hard to come by. Yeah, but this jersey is very significantly older than me by like 30 years. At least so. Michael Kadire and I are either same day or a day apart, depending upon which baseball card you look and at. And at least he's real. Yes. See, the jersey I yes. got, the guy wasn't real. Well, let's explain it now. I know radio is not a visual medium, but what I'm looking at across from me is awesome because 
You've got Grumpy from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs front and center on a hockey jersey logo. Yeah, it's the Grumpy Miners. Yes. Just so you know. and on Which the, is not young kids that are in a bad mood. 19, 1937 jersey. So this is a throwback, Brian. And since Grumpy wasn't real, I think it's okay. I like it. I like it a lot. But you're not grumpy today. We're pretty happy to be back on Saturdays. In, in Ranger colors, by the way. Talking about difficult goodbyes. Got to specify. That's New York Ranger yes, jerseys. Exactly. Crosby, Ironton, Forest Lake, <laughs> MIB. Best Texas. of luck to the MIB girls today. They're in the state final, but need not apply to this hockey jersey. Right, right, right. No, I, th- I think you're right, though. But here's the interesting thing. There have not been really any Timberwolves beyond trades, like you were saying, that that we've missed. Right, but I think that's that counts as a tough goodbye because I remember when it was, well, Wally Zerbiak's expendable. And that was tough for me because I really liked him. I thought, even though they didn't get along very well, that, you know, I'm not going to say that Wally and Stefan Marbury are same level because they're not. They're completely different players. But I always thought KG needs a Robin. And Wally was that guy. The problem was they didn't like each other at all. Right. No, that that one and you brought up the other guy. Steph is the other guy yeah. that, that kind of got away. Um, but he well, was flamed out. With Steph, did we not realize till years later? Because I think of reactions. Because let's say Adam Thielen signs anywhere but Green Bay. If he comes back here and plays the Vikes, he's going to get a standing ovation. Yeah. Stephon Marbury got booed. I was at a game when he was in New Jersey, and I participated. <laughs> Stephon Marbury got booed every time he touched the ball. It was like Ryan Suter in Nashville. Okay, that's crazy to have to have in basketball. He touched the ball a lot. Right. But it was a Timberwolves game, so we were kind of programmed to boo promptly. How about Diggs? Is does Diggs fall in this because he kind of forced his way out, um, and he's been really, really good uh, for Buffalo. We don't really see him much. Well, and we don't really care because we replaced him so quickly. Because that's the other piece. Yeah, that's true. Because Eric Kendricks is a tough goodbye because he's been good, but this defense we think for the Vikings can only improve. If it gets worse, that takes some sort of special effort to get yeah. worse. So if whoever plays, say Eric Kendricks' position next year and plays it well. Are we going to miss Eric Kendricks? However, that's a if, really good. Point. However, if we're two and four and the Chargers are you know off like a prom dress in their NFL season, are we going to be man? Didn't need him. Dan Barrero is going to be on Twitter very quickly. Well, here's a here's a guy that um, I wonder if he was just misused here, um, and now look at him is Cordell. I mean, Cordell Patterson. Yeah. Do sure. we do we miss? Nobody had the audacity to play him as a pseudo running back, and then when he did, everywhere else has been good. Right. Well, they did in one game. Do you remember they against the Chargers when Adrian got uh, got uh, uh, put on the side because of his uh, whipping, um, but the or caning or whatever they called it at that. Moving point. on. Um, the he looks at the guy with two canes when he says that. Moving on. <laughs> Anyways, the. Uh, uh, you know, Cordell is the guy they could kind of use right now, right? He was the original, uh, could do everything except Zim didn't wasn't the same way as Shanahan using his guy everywhere. If it was Shanahan, he may have Cordell maybe you know at that level making huge money because he had those same skills as Debo. Right. So I asked you, but you didn't really answer. But maybe you did just then with Cordell because I know how much you liked him. Did you have any personal favorites that you know maybe they weren't the best player, but they were the best for you, and you were bummed when they left. Because I think of Zach Levine for you with the Wolves right away. Yeah, nope, that's a that's a big one because I would have given up the other one. Right. Um, and that's probably part of my bitterness towards uh, Jimmy Butler is that he tore out the what I considered the guy who could have been the magic Which, piece. again, if you watched, ironically, the Wolves-Bulls game last night, Zach Levine, although DeMar DeRozan had plenty to say, Zach Levine late was the guy. Yeah, and, and he was the modern basketball player. And, you know, Cat was kind of the throwback that we were making modern. 
and Wiggs just didn't have a whole lot of juice at that point. And yeah, anyways, yes, he's he's a big one. The funny thing for me is I liked so many um, older players that when they left, it was I understood why they left, but it it, it like Danny well, Heatley. I'm, that's kind of where we're Heatley. going here. Yeah, that's that's kind of it. The other one I think of for you, think about your dog. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, the pitcher for the Twins, Frankie Rodriguez. Dave Cook might be the only person who missed Frankie Rodriguez when he left. Yeah, I thought. Because if you blinked, you missed him in a Twins uniform. I thought he was going to be so good, Brian. He built like a pitcher, man. Right. Um, but if you think about, you know, even. His going, dog name is Frankie for people who didn't piece that together. It's Francis. But he only. Gets I'm sorry, called, David. He only gets called Francis when he's bad. When you're angry at him. Yes, yeah. exactly. But the um, if you think about some of the twins in that early 80s, late 70s, you know, there was so many players that we had and we moved and we had and we moved. One of the guys is Tom Bernanski. Sure. You know, really. And missed- again, because it became such a terrible transaction with maybe the most hated twin who was barely here. Yeah. But Bruno, when he left, cried. Yeah. Right. And so he was part of that core. Yeah. And and so that guy, when it, when he left like that, it changed my opinion on him. Right. Was the reaction to Luis Arise similar? Because he hadn't been here very long, but man, he was beloved right away. And that's that's kind of the token here. Were they beloved no matter how long the, the longevity that's was? That's the trick to this, yeah. is, is were they beloved? And I think that Arise right now, it, it's a little like you said with Kendricks. So if if uh, Brian Osamosa comes in and plays... Osamoa, but Dave loves mimosas. Go if, ahead. If, if he Sorry. If he comes in and plays lights out, we're not going to miss... If uh, if Lopez comes in and is eighteen and five, we're right. not going to say we missed anything. Wait and check social media when Lopez is zero one. Yes, it's going to be early, but man, it's going to blow up. And and Arise went four for four in his intro. So you know, I have some weird favorites because whether it's relatable to me and trying to, you know, I hate to compare a professional to my athletic ability because I don't think I could slight them any worse. But when we came up with this topic, the first name that I told you, and we were at the state tournament when we first came up with it, we put it aside when Bud Grant passed away. But the first name I told you. I think some Viking fans don't even remember. I said, I was devastated when Bobby Wade left. Yeah. And most people would go, who and why? And Bobby Wade was very, very diminutive, couldn't run very fast, but man, he could catch everything. As someone who participates in athletics mildly, that was me. Yeah. Super short, can't run, man, I can catch. Yeah, Bobby Wade's a good one. Greg Camarillo would be a good yeah, one. Although he wasn't nearly as short as you thought. You know, right. You know the the guy that we've completely fanned on, who you and I both really like, is more than ninety nine percent of the people in the world, Jeff George. Yeah. You know, when Jeff George left, it was like <sighs> And that was when they gave the keys to Dante, and I think that made me more upset, even though Dante turned out to be quite good. There was no certainty there. Right. And it was part of Really, the Vikings want to move backwards when you've gotten more out of Jeff George than any other team and had, he, and and in, and it's not close, well, right? right? So, no, I I agree. When you think about guys who were your favorites and just disappeared, yeah, he's he's one of them. Millard's one of them, right? Then as well. Well, and Millard, the only reason you kind of frown on that is because you realize later he played for the Packers, and it's like, how, man, really? How about Alan Page? Because listening because of being of the, in that Bears uniform. Well, and listening to some of the Bud Grant stuff, it sounds like they just got mad at each other, and Poofy was gone, and and uh, an interesting juxtaposition over greatest player in franchise history and greatest coach in franchise history, right? You mentioned the word disappear, and it segues nicely for my one wild selection, which is a personal favorite, and most people would go, you like the weirdest players, and I'll, I'll attest to that right away. I was super bummed when Chris Stewart was no longer part of the wild because I thought he was the type of player they needed, something that they wanted the late, great Derek Bugard to be, yeah. a bruiser but with skill. Chris Stewart was that guy, obviously had tons of demons, 
Now I believe he's coaching high school somewhere in Minnesota. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And, and frankly, we haven't had a guy like that maybe until Reeves. And Reeves doesn't score like Stewart could, right? Um, but he is that rough and tumble, don't don't mess with my team guy. Right. Otherwise, with the Wild, it's tough because, you know, the easy selections, we already mentioned Koivu retired. That's a different kind of leaving. Yeah. The easy selections could have been when the writing was on the wall that Suter and Parisi weren't going to be here anymore. I don't think you find very many Wild fans that miss them. I don't know why necessarily because both were plenty good. Now, not nearly as good as the expectations were, but I feel like Parisi was on again, off again, injured, and people got tired of it. Ryan Suter wasn't necessarily tough. He was pretty blasé. He made the game look easy. I appreciated it, but I think people questioned his efforts just because it didn't look like he had to try very hard. And then I think the other factor is with him, he went to Dallas. Well, you want to hate somebody right away in the hockey world here. That's that's where you need to go. And it seems like he was the general manager's Bobo. There is two guys in wild history, though, that I and one current and one from the original team that I think mirror each other. Okay. And it's Gabrick. And I think people still and talk Kirill? about Gabrick. No, and Fiala. Because oh. they both kind of left. It's like Kirill's injured, gone, different both, kind. Both kind of the same player. And I think, I mean, today, if you say best wild ever, you're going to get uh, Kirill a lot. But Gabrick still gets votes. I was going to say, it depends on age. And and I think that if Fiala does what he's doing in Los Angeles for any length of time, I think he'll hit that that level as well. And and Gabrick and Fiala were kind of the same type of player. Offense, uh, I think Fiala was, was better defensively than Gabrick was. But same kind of guy. And when we lose those type of guys, we look at them. So we mentioned Parisi and Suter because they're the big guns. And I think if you look at the other major Minnesota teams and you look at the big guns, they're obvious. But because they're obvious, did you come to terms with it? Because losing Johan stunk. Yes. But I think we knew it was coming. For the Twins to do anything, you know, you got you to gotta sell one of your best to rebuild it all. Kevin Garnett, same thing. You know, horrible to have him gone. Great that he eventually came back. But I don't think anybody was stunned that, you know, this guy's got to go kind of thing. Um, you know, there's one guy that I think is pretty obvious and we missed. Uh, and that's Alex Stalock. When Stalock Especially left, up here. Yes. And when Stalock left, every time he performed someplace else, it is kind of the Barrera. We didn't need him, right? Because he was really good with the Blackhawks. And you're thinking, oh, yeah. Right. He was really good uh, in Canada. And we were like, oh, yeah. Um, he was just always kind of one of us. And, and when he left early, after having a pretty good year, uh, I think we can look at that and say, Ugh. How about changing to the Minnesota Lynx? Because everybody would say, well, it's Maya Moore because she went from being, you know, Barry Sanders-esque on top of the game to I'll just see you later. And everybody went, wait, what? That would be the obvious one. But for me, it was Simone Augustus because I just had so much love for her career, collegiate to the end. And when it was obvious that the Lynx couldn't keep her towards the end, I believe she ended up in L.A., I was bummed. Yeah, no, there's a number of of Lynx that left early. Um, Katie Smith initially, she was the first good Lynx player. Yeah, but I was thinking about the little guard they had. They drafted uh, two years ago, who I like so much, uh, Crystal, what's her name, the short one. Is it Dangerfield? Yes, it is Dangerfield. Um, she gets no respect. No. There's wow. a Dangerfield pun in there. Go nice. ahead. But I really, really wanted them to draft her. And then when they got her, I was like, okay, this is super exciting. And then she's gone. We could go much further with this. We're going to go to Jesse Robinson next. I think we could do coaches that were dismissed maybe unfairly or left too quickly. Or we could do, you know, superstars that were ditched too early. How about, how about an SID maybe that left a well, little too early? And that's the other thing. You could go into college sports with this. Maybe yes. this becomes an opening topic in another week. Jesse would be number Top one of the with list, a Number one with a bullet. Yeah. All right, let's close it this way. Give me one. A Viking, a wolf, a twin, 
and a wild player that was the toughest for you to say goodbye to? Um, boy, that's that's really actually pretty difficult. I think my younger self would have said Gabrick for the Wild. Um, I think for the Wolves, I think it's still Garnett, man, because he was the face of the franchise, right? Um, for the Twins, because I really, really liked him, it's Shane Mack. Yeah, um, that's a great one. And then um, for the Vikes, man, we've had so many guys and lost so many guys over the years. Uh, how about Percy Harvin? Good because one. he went and had a had a stellar career the rest of his his games as well. That's well done. For the Wild, for me, it is Chris Stewart because if you don't factor in injury, otherwise it's people like PMB and Josh Harding, but that's a different story altogether. Yep. For the Vikes, do you factor in that Chris Carter played for the Dolphins for like a sneeze? Because then I could say it was tough to say goodbye to him, but I think his best years were certainly behind him. Otherwise, it is Bobby Wade. Judge me accordingly. For the Wolves, no question, it's Wally Zerbiak. And for the Twins, it's Michael Kadire. And anybody who's known me for longer than five minutes could have predicted all of those. Yeah, 100% on that one, 100%. All right, speaking of anybody that's known me longer than five minutes, in less than five minutes, we'll speak to Jesse Robinson. He was a busy saint before. Now, man, he's a busy bulldog, to say the least. March Madness, Northland Sports Page style. It continues. Stick around. We'll be right back. Dance. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Cats and dogs, what a great term because so many UMD Bulldogs have been part of the big dance pick a sport recently. The UMD women's hockey team bowed out of the NCAA tournament, but women's hockey is quite a story here in Duluth. Hosting the Frozen Four, Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, were back on the Northland Sports page. And then, when we last did a show on Monday night, we didn't know that we were previewing one of the greatest comebacks ever by the UMD women's team on the basketball court. Yep. And then 24 hours later, the men went ahead and said, we'll see your regional title and we'll match it. So it's Elite Eight for the Bulldogs times two. UMD is going to borrow Elite so much, PJ Fleck is going to be jealous. <laughs> Maybe he'll come up. Uh, anyways, the uh, the really cool thing for UMD fans is that the hockey teams were down uh, and the basketball teams picked them right up. And so UMD still has a championship pedigree uh, this year. It's just different than we're used to. There are a lot of sports to talk about at UMD. We can talk a little tennis as well. I talked to a UMD tennis player yesterday who was raving about how much fun she's having this season. But we can't talk to anybody without our great sponsors. Absolutely. Famous Dave's, the Incline Station, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Kohler Hyundai and Kohler Toyota, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, the Blackwoods Group, Avenue 45, Justin May at Messina & Associates, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, OAR Holdings, Hoop Brewing, and Arola Architecture Studio. Again, very grateful for each of those sponsors. We appreciate them every week. Grateful doesn't describe how we feel about our next guest. Right. The guy who we're talking to next, uh, you know, he's he's a great friend. He's uh, really helped us in our careers and I uh, think maybe we helped him in his careers, and, and it's just Jesse Robinson is one of the great guys I know. Absolutely correct. It's been a tremendous give and take. He's given us some time again this morning. Jesse, good morning. Let's just start with our off-air conversation. First thing I asked was, do you have any time to take a breath these days? With the busyness at UMD, your answer abruptly was no, and good morning. Thanks for taking time with us. Thanks, guys. Pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely. How about the ability to talk? Have you been uh, so busy doing so many things? How are you feeling right now, keeping up with all this? It's it's kind of a whirlwind, to be honest with you. Obviously, you know, it started, we kind of had an idea 
postseason wise with the women as far as hosting potentially hosting a regional kind of I would say a month ago and if the women had a good run in them and they went through the NSIC tournament which they did uh, then we'd have a good chance of hosting so it was on our radar but really once the selection show you know came out that Sunday night two weeks ago and then to basically today it's been you know it's been it's been fun it's been chaotic, but, you know, it's been successful, like you guys mentioned. So it's been really great to see, you know, obviously the comeback, like you guys touched upon uh, in the in your introduction um, on Monday night. That was one for the memory books for sure. Still not sure what happened that night, to be honest with you, in those final three minutes. Um, and then, you know, what the men have done, what the men did at Northwest Missouri, you know, on Tuesday night and, and how that prevailed. And then, you know, then we're hosting the Frozen Four with, you know, great semifinal matches yesterday. I mean, the Minnesota-Wisconsin game was one of the better women's hockey games I've seen in quite some time. So it's been, it's been really fun. It has been. We're speaking with Jesse Robinson, Assistant Athletic Director of Marketing and Events, is that official title for the UMD Bulldogs. I want to go back to Monday because we were on the air Monday night and about a half hour before tip for the women's game, we were chatting with Kelly Gerges wheeler and she was raving about the line in the Romano gym lobby just to get in that Duluth has really shown out for that game. You talked about not really sure what happened. We all know the monumental comeback. Can you give me at least your perspective of the atmosphere? Because it sounded like it was loud and chaotic and fun. Well, it was. it's funny because, you know, our first round game on Friday, our quarterfinal game of the regional, it was a great crowd. We didn't, it was on spring break. So it was mostly community, not as many students. And then Saturday, we were going to, for the semifinal against uh, Minnesota State, we thought we were going to have a, you know, a decent crowd. But then the snow hit, and we knew it might take a little bump uh, with the atmosphere, which it did, but it was still quite loud in, in the gym. And that, that says a lot about the community because we still didn't have all the students quite back yet. Now, Monday, we anticipated with spring break being done, students' classes resuming on campus, uh, the weather was going to be good, that it was going to be electric. And from the student section to the band to the community, uh, we had, you know, close to 1,500 people, 1,600 people at this at the championship game on Monday. Like, there were moments in that contest where you couldn't hear yourself, and especially, obviously, the final couple minutes. And then when Gilbertson hit the go-ahead three-pointer, it was absolute pandemonium. But it was... It was it was a fun one, and I know like Brian and Dave, we've had we've had similar situations like that in the past when we worked or when I worked at Scholastica. But you know, it's it's it was it was great to see the community come out come on out and support uh, the women's team like they did. It really was. Now, if Dave and I would have done it right, knowing that we had a Monday night show, we might have hit you up to see if we could have done it in the Romano gym lobby that evening, but we would have missed the opening tip, so that's not fun either. But <laughs> you gave me the greatest segue because you talked about Ella's game-winning shot. Brooke Olson is the D2 player of the year, but you need help, and you got it Monday from Ella. What a big game. Well, it was, it was critical. I mean, you know, Brooke scored, what, 21, 23? I can't remember what it was exactly. I think but they both had 21. You know, yeah, and that was... That's not a Brooke Olsen game. At least that wasn't what she was doing the first two rounds of the tournament where she put up 43 against Mankato and 30-some against Southern Naz. Um, so it wasn't a Brooke Olsen game. They did, Missouri Southern did a great job game planning, so it had to be someone else that was going to step up. And and Mason Thiessen, our other graduate senior, you know, she she's 
critical, I think, from a point guard perspective, both on the offense and defensive end, uh, to get us going. And she wasn't having her best at that time early on. She hit some big shots late to help spur the comeback. So you needed, like, you needed, like, Taya Hakamaki, and you needed Ella Gilbertson to step up. And, and basically, Ella came coming in, and even defensively there down the stretch, and, you know, our coaching staff, Mandy, and the coaching staff did a great job, uh, made some adjustments there against Missouri Southern's best player. So, um it was key, and I, you know, it's something that we wondered going into the year as far as like the role players around Brooke, because we lost some good players last year. That who was going to step up, and they need and they need to fill their roles, uh, need to fill those roles, and and they've done that, and I think they've matured, and I think they're finding their rhythm right now for sure. Uh, Jesse, let's uh, let's switch over to the guys real quick, but before we do, I want to ask the question about how winning like this can can sustain and actually grow a program um the winning local winning and then the the winning on the road for the men's how do you see that helping not just recruiting but as you said like community involvement yeah i think you know there's i think around here i think basketball like hockey is you know, hockey's hockey, but basketball, I think, is ready. It's there. Like, there's a great culture there in Duluth and in northern Minnesota of basketball. And I think, you know, what Justin has done with the men's program and what Mandy's done with the women's program has re-elevated those programs, I think, is going to go a long way. And the fact that we have all this success, you know, the 13th Division II school uh, to ever have both the men's and women's programs make an Elite Eight in the same year, um, that's just going to gain even more uh, attention and all the, the media like you guys and everyone else has done a great job capturing it. I think it's just going to draw more and more and more uh, eyes on UMD basketball. I think that's well said. I think all the success for a variety of sports at UMD have kept the media like us, as you said, on our toes and trying to keep attention on just about everything. What about what it does to you and your role? Because Kelly said on Monday night, everybody's just helping everybody. Now, the Frozen Four is in our backyard. I know there's award ceremonies. You didn't know what your availability might be today. The women and men on the basketball side are well away from Duluth. But who does what now to help everybody out? <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, there's been a couple. There's like This has been going on for about a month. Like, okay, if this happens and different scenarios are playing out, like who administrator would go with who, who would help out with what. Uh, so, you know, depending – you know, with the hockeys and what happened there. And so essentially, you know, we'll have, like, I was, I ran the, the, the regional tournament for basketball this past weekend. So I was the director of that. And then we had, we had, uh, Brian Nystrom, he went with the men, our deputy AD, he went with the men and he'll go with the men again, just because it's, they've been, <laughs> they were successful last week with Brian. So he's going to go back with them again. Superstition reigns supreme. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. And then we have Laura Schnell, our assistant AD for academic advising. Um, uh, she'll go with the women. She's been, she was down with the women down at the SIC tournament. So once again, along with those superstitions. Uh, so she's been with them the whole way. And Laura was great with me as well, uh, assisting me. And like, like you mentioned, I was really impressed with pretty, there was, I would say, just about everyone in the athletics department chipped in uh, for the regional. We, we have a good number of the athletics department chipping in here with the Frozen Four, uh, even though the Bulldogs aren't in it. So uh, we're doing we're doing the best we can to not only support our teams but also 
the other schools that are coming up to Duluth here in the last week and a half. Glad you mentioned Laura. I got a chance to meet her at a banquet this past fall. She was sitting next to me where Mandy Pearson was actually the keynote speaker at the banquet. So it all kind of ties together. But I want to shift to Justin Wick because I mentioned this to Kelly a little bit. I grew up in the Dale Race era of UMD basketball. I was a radio voice under Gary Holquist. Winning was a thing. And I thought, boy, I challenged them to find anybody better than these two in combination. Justin Wick just has that new age style, that new age motivation He's a fun, kind of loose cannon, but in a good way, Coach. His players really seem to take to him. We always talk cliche about players and teams take on coaches' personalities. I think for the UMD men, there's no better way to do it. You're absolutely right. You're spot on. He is a player's coach. Um, he he's a great he's a great family man. Uh, you can see when he takes you know he has the kids on the road trips and and whatnot. Um, he just understands. He just understands a lot of different perspectives, uh, not only from his coaching staff, but also anyone associated with that program and then what the players go through. So he really gets it and, and, and his players respond, his players respond greatly to it. And like you mentioned, like you talk to any one of those players, um, and they'll, they'll, they'll go to coach wick and they'll be like, you know, he sets the tone and, and we follow and, and, and they love playing for him. And you see like, we don't lose very much. Pretty much everyone's coming back next year again, uh, depending on what, ha- what happens this year. So so they just love playing for them, and, and that's proof in the pudding right there. You talked about superstition. How about one more? The cliche is it's lucky number seven, but for the UMD men, it's lucky number six. They were a six seed in the region. They won it. They reseed into this Elite Eight. They're six again. Take any stock in that? I would. I wouldn't. They get to play another six seed in that region, or was a six seed in their other in the other region in Black Hill State. So, uh, I definitely do. I think it's. I think there's definitely. I think it's going to be wide open, uh, Elite Eight down in Evansville. And I think, given like I said, the experience that we have and experience wins in the postseason, and we have a ton of it. Um, I think we have a great chance of making a, a good run next week. Just I'm going to switch topics real quick and bounce over to the to the hockey na- the the national championship going on at Amsoil. We were very um, complimentary of Amsoil here earlier. Um, tell me about what it's like to host an event that magnitude uh, in in the community where you're part of the you know group that's really putting it on. Yeah, this is the first you know this is the first time of myself being a part of this obviously this is the fourth frozen four that duluth has hosted this is the second at amsoil um first of all the deck and the amsoil crew do a great job uh, of assisting and getting us ready for this but also we you know a lot of the side all the science was done locally here i mean the nca designed it uh but it was all produced here locally which is also great um but i tell you what you know knowing the team saturday night and going into making, redoing the ice, putting the logos on the ice, you know, we're doing that right away on Sunday. Um, and then all the other signage that goes around the building pretty much from Sunday up until, up until Thursday, it was constant trying to turn over, trying to turn over Amsoil into a frozen four site, not a UMD site, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. uh, everyone's chipped in and, and, and it's been absolutely phenomenal. And, and the community has come out too. Like I said, we had, we had great crowds yesterday, even the Ohio state Northeastern game, two teams that are, you know, outside of the region per se. Um, it was still a decent crowd for that two thirty first semifinal game. So 
Uh, hoping for a good crowd tomorrow. You know, we have Wisconsin, Ohio State going for the national title, uh, 3 o'clock here down in Amsoil. Jesse, I think it's interesting that you mentioned turning Amsoil into a frozen force site and not a UMD site, and you did a heck of a job because I watched the highlights last night, and until I saw the maroon and gold seats, you wouldn't have known what arena that necessarily was. So they, they took care of the home ice advantage, if you will, that UMD normally has. But speaking of the ice, women's hockey in Wisconsin being an underdog isn't normally a thing. Tomorrow it seems like it is. Who do you got there? They keep rolling. Unseated Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, like I said, that Minnesota, the Minnesota-Wisconsin semifinal last night was one of the better games I saw. Now, I believe, in my opinion, uh, that the right side came around on top because I thought Wisconsin outplayed Minnesota for the majority of that game. Um, I think they're, you know, the riding they, they they stabilized that goaltender here in the last month or so. I think they got the momentum. Their young freshmen, their young kids are starting, like we talked about a little bit with 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 the women's with our women's basketball program. I think their freshmen are starting to kind of get get used to everything here at the co- collegiate level. So. Um, I think they have a good chance. Uh, they've played well against Ohio State, you know, during the regular season. So, um, obviously, Ohio State's going to come in. They've been they've been on the roll outside of the uh, loss of the Gophers in the final faceoff. But they're going to be – it's going to be a battle. I, and, you know, I think Wisconsin has a chance. It's going to be a good game. Absolutely. should be a great game tomorrow. Once again, we're speaking with Jesse Robinson, Assistant Athletic Director of Marketing and Events. i got to make sure I get that title right. At UMD, quite frankly, I'd just call him one of the best friends we've made in our careers. Yeah, we just, frankly, it's like Pele. We just call him Jesse. There's right. no, there's no, like, we don't say, oh, which Jesse was that? No, that's fact, because Jesse Robinson, I texted Dave the show lineup. I think I did it last night. And everybody else has first and last or some sort of expanded idea of what we're going to talk about. It just said 1025 Jesse, and I knew Dave understood. Yep. Absolutely. So that's when you know you've made it. You're up there with Pele, Madonna, and Cher. Yep. I want to close with this for you, Jesse. We talked about the hockey game tomorrow. We've talked a lot about basketball being in the Elite Eight. There have got to be listeners out there wondering, I know they're still playing. When do they play again? Can you take us through the the who, what, and when for the two basketball teams coming up? Yeah, so women's basketball will play Assumption. That will be Monday night. I mean, or not Monday night. That will be Monday during the day. Um, that'll be Monday at two thirty, um, and that's down in that's down in St. Joseph, Missouri. And then the men will play on Tuesday, and that will be against Black Hill State, and that will be that will be at noon. So that's a wrap. I put him on the spot. And he handled it beautifully. Absolutely. Jesse, somewhere in there, get some rest. I know you're a busy man, but thank you again for taking the time for us. You bet, guys. You guys are the best. We appreciate you, Jesse Robinson. We will talk sooner than later if he gets a chance to talk to anybody again. He's always working, but it means success equals work, and that's a good thing. Well, I think that's Jesse kind of in a nutshell. Success equals work. Work equals success. He's the busiest guy I know, and, I mean, what else can you say? Certainly with intent, we are bumping out with Santana's winning. The UMD Bulldogs have been doing plenty. We'll continue to be winning here on the Northland Sports page because Dave Hoops is next. Stick around. Be right back. Back on the Northland Sports page, Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, some nights by fun. Our next guest is guaranteed to be fun. He always is. All of our sponsors are fun. Dave, let's give them a shout out. Absolutely. Let's start with the Blackwoods Group, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Kohler Toyota and Kohler Hyundai, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, The Incline Station, Famous Dave's, Arola Architecture Studio, OAR Holdings, Sammy's Pizza Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Justin May, 
uh, who we just talked to a little bit ago, Avenue 45, and Arola Architecture Studio and Hoops Brewing. Absolutely. We did just confirm with Justin May that he's available at 1125 today. So Dave letting the cat out of the bag that we're... Wait, uh, wait hold on. So I, I assumed... And so I already messed something up. We have to talk to him yet, Brian. Yes. We did confirm with Justin May a short time ago that he'll be available about 1125 today. So we've got him in the mix. We never know. Right. We never know where he's going to go, but one model of consistency has been Dave Hoops for us. Absolutely. And that's who we're going to talk to now. And see, I got Dave Hoops' name right. I got Justin's name right. I'm a, oh, I'm two for two here. Dave's on a roll. It's better than his bracket, perhaps. But Dave Hoops, oh, you I mentioned off air you wanted to talk NCAA and brackets. Good morning, sir. We can start there, certainly. Uh, good morning. Uh, first of all, obviously, we all are enjoying these upsets, even though they totally mess up our boards. But we're all getting messed up. That's okay. No doubt. But I almost exciting. wore a gopher sweatshirt today, Dave, because I figured there'd been so many upsets at the NCAA basketball tournament. If you just would have let the gophers have a chance, maybe even they could have pulled one. Go ahead. Oof, that hurts. <laughs> Go oh, ahead, Dave. Oh, no, I couldn't agree more. The, the great thing, our, our fun uh, get-together, the cool thing, I do have um, – uh, Furman and I, I had it all along this next win today, which is I'm hopeful and who cares? Cause it doesn't really matter. But what's important <laughs> in, in our league, even though I'm just getting crushed by uh, upsets, in fact, in every single one of my pools, I can say it now, I'm the only member that has picked UConn in all seven of my sheets. So all I got to do is sit here and root for my team, and I really can't lose if they get through, no matter what happens. So well, that's the thing. I'm optimistic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. If you have a unique champion, and I think Dave Cook and I do in the pools that we participated in, because we've got Houston, but we're not together in any pools except for the one run here yeah. for the perfect bracket challenge, which, P.S., nobody won the perfect bracket challenge anywhere Already. in this country. But I think that's the interesting part. If you got a unique champion, you got a shot. I compared my bracket to the Minnesota Vikings defense from last year. If you match it up with anybody, they're terrible. Yet somehow I still got a chance to win. Well, and thirteen and thirteen and four for a reason, right? Because you, uh, because all you got to do is make one interception late, and you're good to go. All you got to do is get to right. the championship. Make game. one play, and please do that for me, Houston Cougars. And maybe yeah, I have a conversation right. to be had. But Dave Hoops, we were talking off air about the fact that that's not everything. I know it's March Madness by name, but there's plenty of other madness. I call it gladness. You want to pick a sport, you want to pick an event. There's an opportunity to see it, especially this weekend. Oh, it's awesome. So I've got to give um, young Finn a quick nod. He went uh, uh, 15 for 16 on day one, only Arizona. Wow. He's so proud. Right. Well, he's terrible at this, but he's good at it. Right? <laughs> but, um, so I'm, I'm actually quite um, excited about this game tonight. I'm not a Gophers hockey fan, obviously, but this, this lineup against Michigan, what do they have, six or seven first-rounders on that Michigan squad? That's always the Michigan story, yeah. Yeah, big-time hockey. Obviously, this wild game today against the best team on the planet and still playing strong without Kirill. And then I'm going to go to the game tomorrow and move for the Badgers. I hate to say that out loud, but, you know, my kid goes there. There's a good reason, and I do like female hockey. They deserve a lot more support, so I'm excited for that. I agree with you. I didn't think we could find a spot where I would be a Badgers fan, but I think this tournament is probably it. I never have a problem with gopher hockey losing. And then even though my niece is a gopher, she's on the gopher dance team, their biggest rival is Ohio State, so on Wisconsin for at least one more day. I can't do that. So I'm a I'm a Ohio State person uh, for this uh, game. All right. It's always got to be one contrarian well, guy. on Wisconsin is exactly the direction I'd like them to go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but Dave Hoops, I want to talk a little bit more about Bruins Wild today because the Boston Bruins have been otherworldly compared to the rest of the NHL, and it would be a tall order even if Kirill Kaprizov was available 
He's not, yet the Wild continue to do good things. Can they sustain this? We don't know how long Kirill is out. We've heard three to four weeks, but we're not going to know until he's literally on his way back. See Carl Anthony Towns if you ever doubt how long an injury can last. But the Wild have depth. Is it enough to stay afloat or more than afloat? Yeah, here's here's my opinion, and it's decent because I am in no way, shape, or form a Wild fan, as you know. I'm certainly not against right. them, and I, I want them to do well, so I'm not biased. Um I really despise Dallas, so I'm biased. So I want, uh, I think that the Wild can keep in there, and I really believe that they can pull this out because, frankly, nobody's talking about them, but the Avs are by far the best team in the West, in my opinion, and completely wait till Landeskog comes back. So if the Wild can just hang in there and get the first seed overall, they won't have to worry about playing the Avs for a while, and maybe there'll be an upset, and that's how this team gets to the Stanley Cup Finals. There you go. That's my prognostication. Wow. Dave Hoops found a route for the Minnesota Wild to the Stanley Cup Finals, and not just by buying tickets. I appreciate it. Dave Hoops, I have to ask you about this as the big hockey fan that you are. I guarantee you I'm going to ask Justin May about it just because of how his personality is with sports. But the goalie fight that almost was between Bennington and Flower earlier this week, I want your opinion on whether or not that should have been let happen because we've talked about fighting as a topic before. But then I want your opinion on... Mr. Bennington kind of flying off the handle after getting lit up repeatedly by the wild. Oh, I've got a couple of opinions. Yes, that fight should have gone on. And Flower is the elder statesman and gentleman and nothing but class. Just let him have his time. Bennington is a punk. He's, he's having some serious trouble with his behavior. He's been doing it over and over. I've got nothing against them. I've got nothing against the blues, but uh, I, he, I don't want to hear it. End of story. It certainly appears, at least, that the St. Louis Blues shouldn't be the ones ending the Minnesota Wild season this year, postseason-wise. Well, and that's kind of funny because, as Dave said, I really don't want them to face Colorado until late. I really don't want them to face St. Louis at all because St. Louis seems to have our number except for the other day. And St. Louis is going to need a heck of a run just to be part of the postseason in the NHL. What about on the uh, college men's side? You mentioned the Gopher game tonight, Michigan. That's always a great matchup. Who do you like? Obviously, brackets won't be out for a little while yet, but... We know Minnesota's number one in most polls. Who do you like to actually take down this particular national title? And then when you look closer to home in, in the best conference in the country, the NCHC has been interesting with Colorado college being the Cinderella story. They've, they've got one more game from sneaking into this tournament and costing somebody. Yeah. I mean, I, that would be cool. I, that wouldn't bother I agree. me at all. If CC did that, I, I, I hate to say it, but I I'm picking Michigan even though that doesn't make me into some kind of a genius. But um, I don't have any real desire for the Gophers to win it all. Sorry, I'm still a Dogs fan. I, I can't uh, shake that either. Yeah, but I'm, I'm really excited. I, I imagine it will be on tomorrow, right? They'll, maybe like 5 o'clock or so they'll give us the lineup, although you can, we all know pretty much what will happen besides these upsets as right. far as the 16, right? Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious about how, where North Dakota ends up. Um, I think that they are sneaky. Well, they're really not going to surprise right. anybody. Well, they hurt themselves but, last night a little bit. If they could have got by, that would have been a little different. St. Cloud pulled it out somehow. Right, yeah, and I've got no interest in St. Cloud, even though they're a good team. But we'll, I don't know. It'll be fun. And so do, I wanted to ask you, does it start next week, or is there a gap after they um, give us the teams tomorrow? I believe it, it does it start? start next week. I'll go to my bracket pool bracketologist on the hockey side, Topher Davis. I'm sure he'll confirm, but I believe – it's late next week, and then the gap is always before the Frozen Fours. There's always a forever delay. It's like Super Bowl hype week in that sense. But I think we're getting close, so it should be fun. 
Speaking of getting close, we're getting close to my favorite time in your segment, Dave Cook, with his life-altering questions. Well, I'm not sure this one's uh, life-altering, but let's go there. Um, so getting to the playoffs is hard. Winning in the playoffs is harder. We've been talking about uh, our brackets and things. Dave, I want to know what it what needs to be in place, what, what needs to happen for some of these big upsets to take place. I mean, there's a reason that some of these programs are 16 seeds, of 15 seeds, 14 seeds, and yet they win. What needs to be in place for those things to happen? Well, that's a great question, Dave. First of all, you have some generational softness. Arizona's still famous for losing that uh, fifth number two seed. It was 30 years ago. Yeah, that was that was Santa Clara, wasn't it? Yeah, and of course, I was in the Bay Area. People were going insane. so you've got that, and you've got this groupthink. But, you know, everybody was calling an upset on Purdue. Purdue. Even I, I wasn't, but I, I heard it all over the place. And I think what you have here is just a, a groupthink that anybody can beat anybody. And, you know, you've got your teams like Duke, which are just considered just an unbelievable overdog because they got a five seed, right? And they played like it. While these other teams are crushing under pressure a lot, and for whatever reason – these young upstarts, and it's so much fun. I mean, that, this is why this is the greatest tournament maybe ever to watch because this happens all the time, and frankly, I think people are going to start picking 15 and 16 much more regularly. So, Dave, I didn't give you a, a special sauce for that, but it's coaching, it's belief, it's luck, and it's the, the, the model. It's, the, it's the, pro, the process where how they put these teams out there where really almost anybody can beat anybody, I think. I like that, and I'll add on to it. I don't think anything special necessarily needs to be in place. I think sometimes it already is because it's lack of knowledge of the opponent. It's not we know these guys backwards and forwards so we can scout them to the nth degree. I'm not sure that you know many people outside of Purdue knew that Fairleigh Dickinson wasn't a biography about Emily, to be honest with you. But at the same time, you know some of these lesser-known darlings that become darlings during these two weeks or so, the Blue Bloods don't know them because they're not supposed to. They don't consider them. Now, today you've got a dandy with Duke and Tennessee. I guarantee you something about each other. But when you look at Florida Atlantic taking on Fairleigh Dickinson right now, I'm not sure either one knew anything about each other. And, you know, sometimes that works for the underdog. It's great. Yeah. Sorry, Dave. No, no, you're fine, Dave. I I hesitated just in case you were going to jump in. Um, No, I I agree with Brian, and I hadn't thought of it. Like, that might be the biggest difference is that there's no scouting, and sometimes the Blue Bloods – Roll their eyes a little bit, I think, and, right. and get bit. Okay, so let's ask it the opposite way. We see we see upsets, not as often, but we see upsets in seven-game series, uh, whether it be baseball or hockey or basketball. What, what needs to be in place for series to be an upset? Oh, well, uh, the Yankees versus the Twins. Uh, that's all you really need. There you go. <laughs> that's Make one that's not tough to predict. Yeah, but but what's the mantra, yeah. Dave Hoops? Go ahead and say your favorite line when it comes to the Yankees. Uh, nobody cares about the Yankees. Amen, now. brother. Go ahead. Uh, but, Dave, to your point, I, I really just think it, it's, it's all about, again, it's about mindset. It's about mental toughness. Um, you know, I think coaching matters. I think fans matter. It's all a part of this game. But coming into this with an attitude of you cannot lose, then you're going to lose when bad luck hits. You know, life is not fair, blah, blah, blah. We all know how that works, right? But mental toughness is going to win these series, especially when it's a best of five. And I don't know how many of those are still left, but I hate those. It's every series should be seven. You know what I mean? And then, the, you know, and who's going to argue that a game seven, 
in an NHL playoff series isn't the greatest thing, even better than the March Madness, maybe, in my opinion. There you go. I think it's interesting because when you get into the longer series, you need our good friend Uncle Mo, as in momentum, and you need leadership, and usually one produces the other. And in so many of the sports, you need one guy that just says, we're not going to lose today. You look at what Kirby Puckett did in the 91 series. Jack Morris did it too. Baseball's different because one pitcher can change everything. Basketball's different because it's the ultimate one guy can take over a game. Hockey, I'm not as certain, but you need a stud and you need momentum. And if you've got them both, you're going to win. I don't care what the seed in front of you says compared to the other. Yeah, I think hockey is the one where coaching matters the most. Yeah. Um, because Which is interesting because I think a lot of casuals probably don't know what hockey coaches actually do. You don't see many timeouts. You don't necessarily understand what they're drawing up. It's different. Yeah, the the trick to, uh, I think, coaching in hockey is being able to set up matchups and, and knowing when to switch Having the last around. change, et cetera. Yep. Yeah, and, and so I think they have more impact on the game but you I think you said what I what I want I I think that is in baseball it's all about who's pitching in hockey it's all about the hot goaltender we've seen the wild get bit by hot goaltenders in the playoffs year after year after year uh hashtag Jake Allen yeah well and Bennington last year um the the uh, one that always interests me is the NBA because everybody's got good players and so what does it take? So like the Minnesota-Memphis, it took Minnesota having a mental breakdown uh, in order to lose that one. And it's always interesting in the NBA what it takes to actually win in a series. It is very interesting. You mentioned what I want. What I want at some point today, because I think we're going out for my wife's birthday, which is Monday, but we're going to use the weekend as celebratory times, is what I want is a good beer from Hoops. There are tons of them. Dave, let's talk about life at the brewery and the greatest new flavors that you may have available. Well, thanks, guys. And I actually am really looking forward to We had a really nice crowd last night of a bunch of, you know, out-of-towners for this event, and I hope some of them will come in today. And we've got a, a whole lineup of English, you know, U.K.-flavored beers in honor of, of St. Patty's Day. Nothing green, obviously, at least in the, in the glass. Um, but we also have a brand-new batch of peach and pear, went, went off of raspberry, yeah. which I think you, you can manage. Yeah, then, I definitely um, can, yes. We have a brand new batch of IPA and we are packaging up all our beers next week to send to, I got to go judge the world beer cup, which I'm very into and proud of down in Nashville in May. And we're sending our beers for the entry as are all my friends here and colleagues in the area who are all sending their beers. So it's a pretty exciting week for us uh, getting those things sent uh, shipped off. So and then luck. trivia every Monday, ping pong still every Wednesday. What else is going on? You said it's almost events per day. Yeah, nice, nice job there. Um, thanks, Brian. Uh, Tuesday is cribbage, and then Thursday we have our in-house guru, the expert Mo, spinning records live, vinyl. Nice. Um, Hot stacks uh, of wax and hoops. I love it. Absolutely. And then, of course, on the weekend it's all wall-to-wall sports and good beer and, and good fellowship. Have fun. Absolutely can't go wrong with that. Of course, they had the big event at Ridgeview last night, too. I got several texts from folks that were there. Declaring their love for Cherry Ale. It's not just me, Dave Hoops. We got a lot of love for you all the time. We appreciate it. Let's talk in a week. You guys are the greatest. Thanks a lot. You as well. That's our guy, Dave Hoops, one of our illustrious sponsors. Up next, we told you the NFL pretty much knows no offseason, so we got to analyze it. Who better than PA? Uh, There probably isn't anybody better than PA. The voice of the Vikings is next. Stick around. We'll be right back. That's hour one. Hour two is next. We're the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Stay right here. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.